Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Lunch Hour Sports Podcast. Here with your hosts, Jacob Smedley, Sam Betts, Justin Rehan, and Nathan Romanoff. Our topics today, it's Finals, Lunch Hour Sports Podcast Edition. The NBA and NHL Finals are in full swing. We will have all the coverage for you and some news in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers is with a new team. The draft is over. And DeAndre Hopkins is searching for a new team. Now, here's Sam Betts. He is back. Sam, where'd you go on vacation? You left us. Now, he's got the NBA Finals coverage. What's up, Sam? Yeah, Jake, I'm sorry I wasn't able to be here on the last episode. However, I'm here now, and I'm talking about the NBA, which I haven't talked about in a while. But we do have the NBA Finals going on. We have the eight-seed Heat making it all the way. They've had some tough competition, but they've been able to make it there uh, a little a little nerve-wracking at some points, but we'll talk about that. And uh, the Nuggets, we have the one-seed Nuggets from the West who have been steamrolling everyone. And uh, it's been interesting uh, series so far. Only one game. Unfortunately, we have uh, the Nuggets, who won 104-93. to 93. I would like to see the Heat win. I'm just going to say that right now. Just because I want, I, want I want to see Jimmy Buckets keep moving. It's man. hard not to root for him. It's, it's hard, hard not, not to root, root for him. For him. Uh, we'll kind of talk about why uh, this Heat team is kind of uh, the underdogs, not just because of the 8C, but because some of their players. First of all, how do we get here? How do we get here to the Nuggets versus the Heat? So we have the Nuggets. Um, they defeated the Timberwolves in the first round, 4-1, uh, to one, pretty easy. They defeated the Suns, 4-2. to two. Uh, They beat down Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Um, and then the Lakers, they steamrolled 4-0, man. They killed the Lakers, and they no competition. It was it was surprising, Sam. I I thought that the Lakers at least five or six games, but just the way it, it just look at the starts. Murray and Jokic compared to LeBron and AD, like really in three out of the four games, it was either one or the other for the Lakers and for the Nuggets. It was. Really, both of them. I know Jokic had a kind of a rough game four there at the end, but really turned it on late. But it seemed like every game you were getting production, some production from Jokic. Murray was phenomenal. And the Lakers, you had the bronze big game four, but it just seemed like Anthony Davis wasn't there. It just there was a mixed combination when it came from the stars. And I think that's eventually what won out. Yeah, I think that, I think the Lakers just did not, really execute that well it's kind of hard when LeBron especially he's getting older LeBron's age is he's playing really well but his age is starting to show at points he's getting up there and then just without any assistance it's hard to kind of keep up especially with that duo of Jokic Murray Aaron Gordon getting in there a lot uh, Michael Porter Jr. as well I mean those four guys are a big core to this uh, Nuggets team and they're still pretty young, too. So, uh, I mean, Jokic also winning MVPs uh, the last two years. Obviously, Joel Embiid winning it this year. Just shout out to you there, Jake. But 
<laughs> Jake didn't like that. the head shake. The head shake. I mean, this is. I, I don't want to go on on a tangent, but focusing on the Nuggets here, just seeing Jokic finally get to that NBA Finals last season. I mean, just just look at the supporting cast, just with all the injuries that they had, putting Jokic up against the the star-studded Warriors team, and how that series went with the Warriors again, the eventual NBA champions. But now he has everyone healthy. You have Jamal Murray playing at such a high level. A few nights ago, they took game one of the series already versus the Heat, not to get too into that one, but uh, have everyone healthy and we're really seeing Jokic get to that next level. We see all the triple doubles and everything during the regular season, but the playoff performance, he's carrying that play into the playoffs and it's really impressive to see. And I think he's been averaging a triple double in this playoff too which is just even more impressive i mean he, he is the real triple double machine moving on to the heat the heat uh had a very easy start uh, four to one against the bucks i mean beating Giannis like right away and i think for the bucks this was the toughest eight seed that they've probably ever faced then moving on to the knicks uh the knicks they beat them four to two in the series um but the celtics now the Heat went up 3-0 against the Celtics, and then the Celtics took game four. Um, in fact, I think it was Jalen Brown who said, don't let us win one, and they put up a fight because they brought the series 3-3, three to three, and then um, with really good games by um, Jimmy Butler and Caleb Martin, uh, who, star- who I believe started that game and had probably, I think he had 26 points on that game. I mean, they sealed it and they won it for them. Um, I think it was like 107. It was it was 107 to 80 something. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I mean, four to three, they beat the Celtics and they made it to the finals. I think the biggest thing, Sam, on that series, just for a quick second. I mean, yeah, three three, getting really nervous there, especially Heat fans. You know, seeing the interactions on Twitter, social media. Of course, Celtics trying to make history, the first one in NBA history to try and come back from a a three zero deficit. But this the Heat, the Road Warriors, throughout the entire playoffs. I think I heard one of the stats that was going on the broadcast where they had lost like four or five home games throughout the playoffs, or uh, or even like. Specifically, the Heat and the Celtics, where it's like the past two years, the team on the road has been winning games at such a high rate, and the Heat winning three games in Boston. Sixers won two in the series. They lost a series prior, but the Heat, three games in TD Garden, losing those games at home, I mean cost them but the way they were able to win on the road was was just impressive it is very impressive uh they were definitely feeding off uh, the celtics hey i mean those celtics fans are they're they're cutthroat boston fans are cutthroat but i mean to be able to feed off of that energy they're despicable energy (laughs) (laughs) i agree say it as it is they're despicable (laughs) but to feed off that energy and just come out and get the win i mean they needed that and they most certainly did it. Looking at game one here, uh, and game two started probably, I would say, 20 minutes ago, almost half hour ago. Live predictions. We're getting the live predictions. We'll get, we'll yeah. get there. <laughs> I, I haven't looked at the score, but looking at game one, and all the series that the Heat have played in, they haven't won a game one uh, this this year in, in this playoff series. But they've just been able to kind of come back and charge in, and they lost 
game one, like I said earlier, 104 to 93. Uh, the Nuggets' top performers, uh, Nikola Jokic, 27 points, 10 rebounds, 14 assists. That triple-double still working for him. Uh, Jamal Murray with 26.6 rebounds, 10 assists. So, I mean, those two are working. They're the pick and the pick and roll, I know uh, Jamal's been feeding Jokic the ball here and there. I mean, it's working for them. Aaron Gordon and uh, Michael Porter Jr. have been coming in to support. Aaron Gordon had 16 Point six rebounds. Michael Porter Jr., 14 points, 13 rebounds. I mean, these two are w- working. And most of the bench didn't even play. I think they had three guys come off the bench with uh, Bruce Brown having 20 minutes of action. But if you look at the Nuggets, Jokic had f- played 40 minutes. Jamal Murray, 44 minutes. Aaron Gordon, six, 36 minutes. M- uh, MPJ, 43 minutes. I mean, these guys were on the court, like, I don't, none of these guys were taking any breaks, maybe to get like a simple water and then you're back on. Yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing you talk about the players, but I'm going to look at the two head coaches, Sam. And, and I think this game too is going to really see what Eric Spolstra brings to the table for the Heat. I mean, looking for his uh, third NBA championship as a coach. Personally, I think the best coach in the game right now, um, what he's been able to do these playoffs. And I'm interested to see their adjustments going for more of a zone defensive scheme against the Celtics, where they were more willing to just move around the perimeter, force Boston to take tough threes, to more of a, you know, Jokic, who's more of a facilitator. They've got cuts moving around him. See if they go to maybe more of a man-to-man, the different looks they throw at the two-time MVP in the Denver offense. And then Mike Malone, who's no slouch himself, what he's able to do offensively to create those opportunities. One matchup, heat offense versus Denver's defense, which hasn't been the greatest, at least in my opinion, in these playoffs. So Maybe something to monitor throughout the series. Definitely, Jake. Um, if we look at the heat here, uh, we just kind of look at the scoring breakdown. Uh, Bam Adebayo was definitely the guy keeping the heat in this game. 26 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists. Gabe Vincent, um, a G League alum, 19 points, 2 rebounds, 5 assists. Jimmy Butler had a really kind of – he played 38 minutes, but 13 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. This was kind of a low game for him. This was kind of one of his slumping games. But the guys on the bench kind of came up and also helped too. Kyle Lowry, uh, my boy, Kyle Lowry from the 2019 Raptors championship team, 11 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Haywood Highsmith, uh, 18 points, uh, 2 rebounds. Duncan Robinson, only 3 points. But a lot of these guys off, coming off the bench, Kyle Lowry – 25 minutes. Haywood Highsmith, 23 minutes. Duncan Robinson, 21 minutes. These are guys who are coming off the bench and getting a decent amount of minutes to give these guys a lot of rest. Bam played 39. Gabe Vincent, 37. Jimmy, 38. But I mean, it's kind of gonna just going to see who's going to, I feel like it's going to be who's going to outlast a lot of the guys. I mean, this is the playoffs. You're putting your body on the line to win a championship. But I mean, if a lot of these guys are playing 40, 40 plus minutes for the Nuggets, I feel like that the Heat have a lot of depth that they can reach into. And this is something I want to talk about too. A lot of these guys were kind of just G kind of G League cast offs if I if I wanna say. They had to they they were grinders. A lot of them went undrafted. Gabe Vincent, Haywood Highsmith, Duncan Robinson, a lot of these they went undrafted. Uh Caleb Martin, who we mentioned earlier, grinded it out with his brother Corey Martin in the G League when they played uh in Greensboro. 
uh, the affiliate for the Hornets. But um, a lot of these guys who were kind of just overlooked in their career are now playing big minutes. Jimmy Butler was drafted the first round, but was drafted 30th overall. A lot of these guys didn't necessarily get their big break. Obviously, Jimmy Butler's a bona fide star right now, and he's proved himself. Um, he is trying to prove himself even more by winning this championship. But I feel like that the Heat have so so much depth that it's much, that's also going to play a role whether the, whether these guys on the bench can eat minutes and also produce too and continue to score points. And the Nuggets kind of need to reach into their bench a little more. Yeah, I think the Nuggets have been running just a, like a three-man bench, I believe, with Bruce Brown, uh, Christian uh, Brown as well, and Jeff Green. the third guy. Yeah, yeah Jeff, Jeff Green. Green. Jeff yes. Green's definitely yeah. been getting a lot of minutes off the bench. Although I, I will say, I think the Nuggets have the best starting five in the NBA at the current moment. They don't need to lean so heavily on that bench because those guys, like you said, they're young, they're talented, and they can shoot. And if, you know, one's off, you know, Jokic and Murray, they can trade off. And Jokic doesn't need to score the basket to affect the game. You know, he's a facilitator. He rebounds. He gets assists. Like you said, averaging a triple-double this playoffs, it's, an, it's quite honestly, I mean, it's something that we really haven't seen before, honestly, in a, a player um, like him. And, he's you know, he's a center, too, doing it. So it's even more impressive. But I'll just give you the quick update I wanted to say is um, – Right now, game two, four minutes left, 50-40 to 40, uh, Nugget lead. So he are down at the moment. We'll see what, you know, that could change. But just wanted to give you that quick update uh, there, Sam. All right. Wow. In-game updates. Even yeah, in-game updates. Even though this will be posted a few days later. So, so come back. Come back for uh, predictions. <laughs> yeah. Updates. See how it turned out. But, yeah, I'm really excited to kind of just to see where this series goes. I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be a good one. I feel like the Heat are definitely I – f- I would like the Heat to win. I would like the Heat to win um, if possible. This could definitely go down to a Game 7 series just by seeing the way that these teams have played. But I kind of want to hear – Do Jake, do you have any predictions? Or Nate, do you have any predictions? I think, I think mine right now, I'm going to say Nuggets in six. I feel like it'll go six – but as Nate mentioned, I just I think Bam will do his best against Jokic, but I don't Bam has not played a played the my opinion, then this is from a Sixers fan, listeners out there, the best center in the league. Uh Jokic, what he can do all over the floor defensively. I, I think the Nuggets on paper head coach, I give it to the Heat. But the roster, I give it to the Nuggets, and that's why I have them in six. Yeah, I have to agree with you, Jake. I mean, listen, I'm a huge Jimmy Butler fan, like you, Sam. I I'd love to see him win a championship, but it's, I just it's Denver's year, man. And you know, Denver undefeated at home. You know, they're up now uh, as we speak in Game Two. I think that that'll continue. They're I think they'll go up two zero. I think that they can take the series. I think they can take it in five. But I'm going to say six like you, Jake. I, I think that Jimmy Butler will will um, the Heat to at least two wins um, in this series. But it's just the the starting five, Jokic, Murray, the way they've been playing, it's it's too much for the Heat to handle. And Denver, the Nuggets, I think they'll get their first NBA championship, which, hey, good good for them. You know, that's, that's exciting. So it's good for the city of Denver. Well... I'm going to go Heat in seven. And, like, I'm just going to go against the Grizzlies. Oh, come on. I know. I'm going against the Grizzlies. Wow. And I'm probably going to be wrong, 
But I would, I would, like I said, I just want to see Jimmy. I want to see Jimmy get this chip, man. It's it's just about for me. I feel like all like all these guys are young, especially for the Nuggets. Like they're able to play really well. I feel like just if the guys on the Heat bench, like I said, Duncan Robinson, Haywood Highsmith, Kyle Lowry, are able to get on the court and are able to play really well along with the starters, and they just keep up that production. I think they're going to be able to outplay them. It's just about who's going to outlast who who on the court and who's going to keep up that energy. And I feel like if if the Nuggets don't dive into their bench, then I feel like those guys are going to get tired. And they may not. They may power through. But I mean, they haven't needed to though, Sam. They haven't needed gone. to. But it, it's but this playoffs is these playoffs have been a long series. They've been long, so I I know why Sam picked the Heat. He wants Kyle Lowry to get it. <laughs> That's my yeah. thoughts. That I, I mean, cracked the code. It hurt. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be, would be mad. But um, I'm gonna go Heat in seven, and we'll just have to That's see. Yeah. I kind of wish the games wouldn't have started yet, but we obviously we don't play these podcasts too well in advance. <laughs> no, but it is what it is. Yes, um, we apologize. It's still anybody serious. Still anybody serious. Yeah. Yes. I would agree. Hey, we saw what happened with the Heat Celtics. They almost Heat Celtics almost came back and won that series. So it's never, never over. Moving on to the NFL, we had our draft re- recap. Not draft recap, draft preview. We went through picks. We went through our predictions. Let's let's see how we did. Maybe I I, I don't know. I feel like I may have done well, Justin. Let's let's get an update here. We got Rogers too. <laughs> Jacob, you did fantastic, actually. I mean, what can I say? What can first I say? First person to go fast that five. like ten minutes before. Yeah, yeah, you, you did a great job. <laughs> I'll be completely honest. I don't know. I think I think he's got somebody on the inside. I think he's got I think so too. Knowledge. Yeah, I think I think he's I got, got in Schefter on the call. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from our performance in the draft let's talk about the performance of these teams and how they did now i guess specifically i want to call out two teams and then maybe we can call it a couple more as well but i just want to say maybe one winner one loser i want to call out first i was gonna say good way or bad way yeah yeah philadelphia eagles winner this draft the eagles had a great draft getting jalen carter at nine that's 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 amazing amazing value for them and then Nolan Smith all the way at thirty, just a fantastic pick. A, a teammate from Georgia. It's gonna it's gonna bode very well for the Philadelphia Eagles in the future. I you think mean the Philadelphia Eagles. Bulldogs? Philadelphia yeah, Bulldogs or Georgia now. Georgia Eagles? Yeah, the Georgia Eagles. They're going to, you know, look very good this season again. Potentially take it all the way. Yeah, I I agree. I agree, and maybe it's a good thing that Peter is not on this episode to to uh, to post his opinions. But you know, to say we 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 love Peter's opinions, make that very clear. But um, but yeah, I I agree. Uh, I think the pick, you know, a steal for Jalen Carter at nine, uh, being able to snag him. But I. I wouldn't be surprised if Nolan Smith down there at the bottom of the of the first round perhaps might have a better year. Those two, I think, on the defensive line, you slide Nolan Smith in there alongside Hassan Reddick, who very similar build can kind of teach him the ropes, if you will, on the edge uh, at that frame and. And yeah, I think getting that, getting those guys, uh, Kelly Ringo, a cornerback from guess where, Georgia. 
I think him being able to also learn uh, underneath Slay a really defensive heavy draft and well, we can also trade for a, a disgruntled running back in Detroit, DeAndre Swift, to add to your room. I mean, of course, the injuries are the major concern, but the hope is, uh, at least from the Eagles, it sounds like, is putting him in front of arguably a top 10, top 5, depending on where what circles you're talking to, offensive line. Him, Rashad Penny, who they brought in, it just just adds to the to the weapons for a you know nfc champion offense so super excited with the draft yeah i agree i think the eagles had a fantastic draft i mean like you said jalen carter you know falling to them at nine like that's just that's great right there uh, a great pickup and then nolan smith who also fell uh to 30 i mean those those two guys alone you know right there great additions to the defense and like you said um they were also able to get deandre swift now they have a solid running back room after the departure of Miles Sanders. I don't see anything wrong with what the Eagles have done. I I think that they're, you know, keeping up what they've been doing the past couple years and they're building a team to make another run at a Super Bowl. Yeah, certainly are building a great team. But let's look at a team that didn't really build at all this time. I'm talking about a loser in this draft. The Miami Dolphins, one of the only teams to not have a first round pick, but not because they traded it away because it was stolen from them, because they did something very wrong. <laughs> oh, yes. Love those tampering allegations. Taking, oh, of course. Looking at Tom Brady. Well, they, they shouldn't have looked at Tom Brady, but they did. For that, they did not get a lot of big guys, really, and they didn't even have a pick before number 51. So it was just a poor draft for them, and I'd say it's it's not looking good for the future for them as much, especially if... Uh, Tua Tagovailoa is not able to go this season. Hey, that's why they uh, they signed the Jets legend Mike White to uh, to be a backup to to take the helm. But yeah, I I agree. I agree. Another team that I think maybe could have done more would be the the Detroit Lions. I I think they they did take a few reaches in the first round. Hopefully for them, uh, those guys uh, pan out. Forget that I know they took Jameer, Jameer Gibbs from Alabama to kind of replace or take the spot of Smith. They have also got David Montgomery in that room now as well. I, I think maybe that's the better of the two. They took a linebacker really high. I forget his name from Iowa. I, I'm picturing it right now. I forget his name. Linebacker, very similar to running back. I know we were mentioning this on the like the pre pre draft show, if you will, but I feel like linebacker is one of those positions where you don't want to draft too high. And they did, hopefully for them it, it pays off to see what it, they were able to do with Alex Anzalone, how he was really able to revamp his his career, if you will, defense. I think he had a really great year last year at the middle linebacking spot for the Lions. But I don't know. I'm I'm not sold. I think they did a good draft after that, but may, maybe that first round could have been better for Detroit, a team that, my opinion, could be competing for that top of the NFC North. I, I agree with you there, Jake. You know, it, it's hard to fault the Dolphins. I mean, well, it is their fault they didn't have their first yeah. round pick. Let's not get that, you know, twisted. <laughs> but you can't say they had necessarily a bad draft when, you know, they didn't draft until about 59, 60 necessarily. Uh, but like you said, with uh, Detroit, you know, I just feel like two reaches in the first round. I think everybody, you know, when we were watching or keeping up with the draft is like, you know, really head scratching, like running back, linebacker positions that you can find 
um, good talent and, you know, valuable assets in later rounds like the second and third. So, yeah, just head-scratching. I, I, you know, wasn't really sure what, what they were doing there, but like you said, it, it could pan out for a, a young Lions team that is um, looking to compete in the NFC. Yeah, another team that came to mind for me while you were saying that, Jacob, was uh, the Washington Commanders, really. They did not have the draft I was expecting because they have a, a glaring issue at quarterback, and they did not look to address it. Instead, they went on the defensive side, which I didn't find too many problems with their defense last year. I mean, not saying it was a top 10 unit, but it certainly isn't the first thing they should be looking for. So I don't know. I think that they should have looked for maybe some more protection for their quarterback or another quarterback altogether. I think that they could have addressed one of those issues in the draft and they decided not to. Yeah, especially with Will Levis still on the board at that point. All right, so next we're going to talk about the Aaron Rodgers kind of finally landing into the Jets' home field there. We knew he was probably going to go, but there was no official word at the time of last podcast or we were just talking about the draft or whatever. So this time I just wanted to kind of gather your thoughts on what you think Aaron Rodgers is going to be like for the New York Jets. For me, trying to be as objective as I can be, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be all that the Jets expect him to be. I think they expect him to be somebody who comes in, does what Tom Brady did, and basically brings them to the Super Bowl and wins. I don't see that happening. I see him, at best, taking them into the wild card round of the playoffs and then making an early exit. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just being biased. What do you What do you got for me, Jacob? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that he's better than what they've had. I think let's start there. I, he's better than the combination of Zach Wilson, Mike White, and all the other guys that they've brought in over the past, really since Mark Sanchez, that that is really I think what we're going back to. Mark Sanchez, when he was before the butt fumble, is really the last time the Jets. Again, I am not yeah, your trying career to can't slander. Uh, you know, recover from that. I, I am, <laughs> trying yes i'm trying not to bash the the jets organization here but but that's that's what i think what they're expecting and of course you know i think it's it's fair for jets fans to be excited about especially rogers track record and and what he has has shown but justin I, i'm i think i'm right there with you i i think to put him at the same standard as brady especially with the talent that brady had with the buccaneers to begin with on top of again still thinking that brady is better than rogers at that point if we're comparing ages but yeah i i think wild card as you mentioned is a possibility but that that division is is tough as you, it gets in the league with Allen. The Dolphins are still going to be good, regardless of the the Tagovailoa situation, as as we mentioned earlier. Um, so you know, Jets in there as well. It, it's it's going it's going to be tough. The Patriots, no slouch. I know right now they look like maybe the worst team, but it's the Patriots at the end of the day, and they're going to probably find their way to seven eight wins. So it it's going to be a really tough division to navigate around so i i think wild card is that that ceiling anything further i'd be really surprised yeah i mean I'll, I'll agree with you guys here um looking at it going into season one with the jets i think that that is a reasonable expectation yeah as we know the jets very young talented team 
and the quarterbacks, as you said, Jake, that they have been dealing with for the past decade. <laughs> really, ten say. years? Yeah, seriously, it's a decade. decade. It's a whole decade. <laughs> let's let's be honest. I mean, <laughs> haven't been that good like at all. Um, so he's a definite upgrade at the position. Hall of Famer coming in. I know I can see why Jets fans are excited. You know, Justin and I, we had what three friends, you know, upstairs, uh, Jets fans who, you know, were clamoring for it, very excited when it happened. You know, as soon as it happened, got on the line, you know, getting ready to order their Aaron Rodgers Jets jersey. So the hype is real and, you know, they should be excited. But I think reasonably this year, their expectation shouldn't be much more than, you know, wild card. Maybe you win a wild card game, go to the second round of the playoffs if you're lucky. But I don't see it past that quite yet. Uh, still a young defense. Have a talented receiver core with, you know, Wilson. You brought in Lazard and Cobb, who are familiar with Rodgers, which is definitely going to help him adjust to the offense there. Um, good O-line. I think that, you know, if he sticks around, he stays dedicated to the team. Year two and a year three, potentially, if that happens, they could at that point maybe be contenders going to an AFC championship game. I'm not going to slouch on him, all right, because... He's been there. He's done that in the NFC. And I think he's got a very talented young roster to work with in one of the best defenses in the NFL, I might add. I mean, we saw the Jets played last year. So despite the fact they're in a tough division, there's reason to be optimistic, I think, as a Jets fan. But then again, it's only, you know, short term. So you have your positives and negatives with this move. Yeah, I was going to hit on the side of that where, you know, Rodgers, he's an older guy, 40 years old now. So... You know, I don't know if he's going to stick around for that long or not. I don't know exactly what kind of success he'll bring, but I guess only the future can tell that. Yeah. The one last thing for me that I wanted to mention about Aaron Rodgers coming to the Jets was week one, the Jets are against the Bills Monday night. And I think that that's, I just wanted to mention that that's probably an advantageous game for the Bills because that's Aaron Rodgers' first ever game with the New York Jets. And he's got to right away play a primetime game against the toughest team in his division, one of the toughest teams on his schedule. I just I think that personally that one is going to really play to the Bills' advantage, even though it is in MetLife. Yeah, I I think that's that's a great point. Uh, starting off the season like that, uh, it cannot as long as it's not any worse as Russell Wilson's year one with the Broncos. I, I'm sorry, Nate, <laughs> I did not mean to rope that in there, uh, but it, it can't get any worse than that, no. right? Like, if it does, it if it does, it Jets can't. fans are in a, a world of pain. Eternal Seriously, pain. it shouldn't. Well, the, Jets have a better, <laughs> the Jets have a better roster than the Broncos, like, all across the board, defensively yeah. speaking, at yeah. least, and even so offensively. Yeah. And so it yeah. should be better. If it's worse, <laughs> yeah. as a Jets fan you sure as hell better be worried because that's not good. <laughs> that's really not good. I would, not reaching the I would very much enjoy it if that was the <laughs> yes. case. Two veteran quarterbacks traded late in the offseason. I'm, I'm not saying there are parallels, but there are parallels. Ladies and gentlemen listening in the audience. If you want to talk <laughs> parallels, just talk about Brett Favre and how he did nothing for the Jets. Yeah, I mean, that's true. That's true. So, I mean, there's plenty of you know parallels saying that he won't do well, but... I mean, there's always that Tom Brady moment that could happen, so I guess we just got to wait and see for that. We are not trying to recreate that playing on, on downfall meme you see on social media. I swear I am not, all right? I wish the best. I I, wish I'm the not. Best. Justin, Justin <laughs> yes, is. we are I not wishing the best. Justin definitely, definitely is. <laughs> Justin, definitely. Is. No. Justin is. Justin is. I have I reason to, though. 
I have reason to. <laughs> All right, final thing I want to mention for the NFL today is that recently on Friday, May 26th, DeAndre Hopkins was released from the Arizona Cardinals after extensive trade talks with the Bills and Car and uh, Chiefs, I mean. However, they could not get the deal done because of their cap space. So now he's an unrestricted free agent. Where does he go? I think he goes to Baltimore. I think he goes with the Ravens. And of course, get two veteran wide receivers who very good wide receivers still I think pairing him with Odell Beckham Jr. of course you've got some you know personal both of those guys have been in the league for a while go about things their own way but another stake in the idea you sign Lamar Jackson you sign Odell Beckham Jr. I just hit my computer up there but that just shows how passionate I am about DeAndre Hopkins going to the Ravens. I, I think adding another weapon, you, you're committed to Lamar Jackson now. You might as well now give him the, an additional weapon with Andrews, with Beckham. I think mean, that is a offense that you can make the case that could win that NFC North division, as good as the Bengals are. If D-Hop wants to win a Super Bowl, he knows where to go. Go to Kansas City. It's set up. <laughs> Perfectly. I mean, if you want a championship, if you want a Super Bowl, you go to the best team in the NFL, the reigning defending Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs, who, you know, could use some receiving help. I mean, they were able to obviously do without Tyree Kill this past season. You know, they brought Juju in, but now Juju's gone. I believe he's gone to the Patriots, if I'm correct yeah. there. Yeah. So, you know, they're missing a true number one. D-Hop... Given his age, if he wants that championship, you know where to go. Go play with the best quarterback in the league. Go play with the best team in the league. Go play with Kansas City. And, you know, very likely could end up winning a Super Bowl. So that's my two cents on it. That's a great point. But counterpoint to that, he will not do that because cap space. Straight up. The Chiefs have $600,000 in cap space left. They're not going to be able to sign a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. Rework some things. Rework what? some things. <laughs> How are you going to get Listen, that much all money? All right, that's fair. But if money isn't your objective, and I get it, he probably wants his money. But still, come on. You want a super? If you want a Super Bowl, you go play with them. That's where you're going to win. You know, I understand. regardless of the money. Yes. Yeah, I understand Take pennies. What you're Take pennies to go get a ring. I think that there's many teams that he could do to get that chance. He could, you know, try for the Bengals, try for the Bills, try for the Chiefs, you know, cap space aside, see if they'll give him what he wants. But I think, I think the Ravens is the most likely option. However, I'm going to go against that, go with another contender that he could go to and win the Super Bowl with, the Philadelphia Eagles. I think oh, that... My. If they wanted to sign him, if the if the Eagles wanted to sign him, I did, okay. I gotta mention the Eagles as much as I can when Peter's not here, because otherwise I don't want to talk about them. But but I think I'm, that if I he went shocked. to the Eagles, yeah, I think if he went to the Eagles, they would be the best roster in the NFL, undisputed. I think they would win the Super Bowl next year. So if they can get that deal done, if they want to get that deal done, Deion Hawkins has expressed interest in playing with Jalen Hurts. If he has repeats his success from last year, I think that they would win the Super Bowl. Now, I hey, I would love DeAndre Hopkins on the Eagles as much as the next guy. But where would you put Devontae Smith then? Who I know he didn't maybe have the same season he had as a as a rookie, but it, you just hit him over still, to the I, slot, you know? Okay. Okay. 
I just, I just wanted to to hear that out of your mouth, not mine. I just wanted to ask. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to ask. I'm, but, so, I'm just saying, hey, you got, hey. you got number one is De- DeAndre Hopkins, number two AJ Brown, number, and then slot guy is you know DeAndre Swift, and then you have Dallas Goddard as your tight end. Like this is the best receiver <laughs> core in the National Football League. I, it's I, all conjecture, I, of course, and it, I, I yes. think it's going to be hey. the Ravens personally. I just, I hey, wanted to yeah. be different, and so I did. Yeah. Hey, just to be clear, I could totally see the Ravens too, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Interesting. Okay. Well, moving on in our finals episode here, not we're not talking about the tests, the papers, the essays of college work, because that those finals are loser mentality. These finals are winners, like we are. NHL finals. We talked about the NBA finals earlier. Nate, the NHL Finals, the Vegas Golden Knights taking on the Florida Panthers. Is there a, the same script, another eight final seed Florida team in the championship? What is this? What is this? What's going on here? I know, Jake. Listen, <laughs> I don't think anybody pegged the Florida Panthers to be where they are right now. But coming in, the last wildcard team out of the East – they're here. They're in the Stanley Cup final. Um, and it's been quite an incredible journey for them. They obviously had to play the Boston Bruins, the record-setting, record-breaking Boston Bruins in the first round. And they were able to take them out in seven, winning game seven in Boston in overtime. I remember watching it. Incredible. I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. I mean, especially after Boston was up in that series, Florida came back, they fought, and took it. Game seven overtime. Round two then, they went on, played Toronto, who in their own right had a terrific season. Um, finally, finally broke the curse, got out of that round one playoff. And then they get bounced. They get and then they get bounced. <laughs> You're right. Bounced they were. Gentlemen sweep as you would like it. Uh, five games, uh, Panthers move on. And then we come, of course, to the Eastern Conference Finals, where they played the number one seed out of the Metro, the Carolina Hurricanes, who have been knocking on that door now for a while, you know, have had um, a, quite a few good seasons, you know, here of recent. And after a legendary, you know, game one, going down to the to wire, you know, fourth overtime heartbreak for Carolina, they couldn't they couldn't come back, and the Panthers went on to sweep the Hurricanes. Yeah, I mean, what what a run by the Panthers. Watching those Hurricanes-Panthers game, again, for those those watching roommate here down in Edenton, Ben, shout out Ben, big Carolina Hurricanes fan, but just... Just the the just the tight games and and the Panthers winning in in so many different ways and I think it starts with with Matthew Kachuk and the and Alexander Barkov the captain and it just the the impact that they played offensively just watching all of those games so they really set the tone and had uh, Kachuk the overtime uh, winner in the second game the second game also going to overtime ended just quickly with Kachuk a quick goal but just his is we compare him to Jimmy Butler just the way that he has has really taken over things as as really the captain of the team showing up throughout the playoffs and on a team that similarly to the Heat, is filled with very good complementary role players that play their role and to a very high standard. You know, you could say Bobrovsky is the Bam at a bio, if you will. You know, Inet has been strong, a stalwart in there. It, it's just been impressive to watch. 
Definitely, Jake. And as you mentioned, Matthew Kachuk been on a tear. 21 points this postseason, 9 goals, 12 assists. You know, coming up clutch in overtime, you know, getting those game-winning goals. And you said complimentary pieces. Guys like Carter Verhage, you know, Barkov, the captain, Montour. You know, those guys have been playing valuable minutes and really showing up big time for that Panthers team. And then Bobrovsky. I mean, what else could you say about the guy? Won the Vesna twice in his career, both with Columbus, which is hard to believe if you think about it, but he did. Uh, this playoff, this postseason, 11 wins. He's got a .931 save percentage. I mean, he's just he's playing lights out. He's playing terrific. But as we move to the other side of the Stanley Cup bracket, we look at the Vegas Golden Knights, the number one seed in the Western Conference. Had a terrific year once again. You know, Vegas, they've just, they've been great ever since coming into the league, not only six years ago. I mean, it's kind of insane. Uh, but round one, played the Winnipeg Jets, beat them in five, went on to round two, and played the Edmonton Oilers, who many thought, you know, this could be Edmonton's year. Connor McDavid breaking that 150-point mark in the regular season. He was just incredible. And then also Dreisaitl. But no, Edmonton couldn't get it done. Vegas beat them in six. And then moving on to the Western Conference Finals, we had them up against the Dallas Stars, where they were also up 3-0 in that series. And Dallas, they put up a fight. They didn't, they didn't go down, you know. They went down swinging, but in the end, it wasn't enough. Uh, Vegas was able to take the game in uh, the series in six. Yeah, I was I was really shocked. No, I'm not going to say. I, I thought the Stars were going to be the representative out of the Western Conference. I'm going to be completely honest. Just the way they were playing and the talent they have on that team. But yeah, give credit to the to the Golden Knights, as you mentioned, Nate. Such an impressive run for them. And and you look as well. We mentioned in the, the last episode that the crack in their success, even though they fell. Um, to the stars. To I the believe. stars. Yes, seven, to the stars. Se- seven yeah, games, though. Seven games. So these expansion teams really, really playing a huge impact, especially in the Western Conference. They're a very tough Western Conference. A lot of great teams out there. But, yeah, the, the Golden Knights already up like the Nuggets. One game, one game to none with a dominant 5-2 to two win. And, uh, yeah, I – Jack Jack Eichel. I think you look at look at him, a guy that that's been with the the Sabers for so long. You get that change of scenery. Uh, poor poor Buffalo P- Buffalo hockey with the Sabers, but goes goes to the Vegas Knights. He's been great for them in the playoffs throughout it. And yeah, just seeing him and uh, Matthew Kachuk battling it out here in the finals is is going to be something special. Definitely, Jake, and like you said, Jack Eichel leading the Vegas Golden Knights in points. He has 20 points, 6 goals, 14 assists this postseason. Him, Mark Stone, Jonathan Marchessault, William Carlson still on the team. You know, those guys are really producing and putting up numbers for this Golden Knights team. And then, you know, a quick shout-out to somebody who's kind of under the radar for the Golden Knights, um, their goalie, Aiden Hill. He's been in ever since Brissett, I think was his name, uh, who's starting – Goalie for them in the playoffs, he went down. Hill's come in. He's got eight wins, a .938 save percentage. So, again, playing very impressive in goal, similar to Bobrovsky. So, here we are in the Stanley Cup Finals. Vegas, Florida, both franchises who have never won a Stanley Cup. Uh, as you mentioned, Game 1 went to Vegas 5-2. to two. But, yeah, I mean, 
boys, what what do we think with this one? Who who we have in this? Now hold on now. Sam, Justin, are you gonna you gonna get in on this? Now I know Justin they get in the NBA one. Sam's over there chuckling while they decide uh, if they're gonna jump in on this. I am gonna go the Florida team wins this one. I'm gonna say the Panthers. I think they gave up five goals in game one. I don't think that happens again. The rest of the season, I don't think they, the, the Vegas Knights are going to get more than three bold take in the rest of the series. I give the Panthers, Panthers in seven. It's going to be tight, low scoring, but I think that's where the Panthers are going to succeed. They're going to win in seven. I'm going to rock with the suns, the Sunshine State, man. I'm going to go with Florida in seven again. I don't know. It's just something. Something about these. Something about these Florida teams. My, I don't know if it's the Miami Heat or whatever the water they're drinking down there. But I think you it's always something. seem like a Miami boy, Sam. You <laughs> always seem like it's one. the Gatorade. <laughs> it's the Gatorade. No, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Florida in seven. Well, I like Gatorade, so I think I'm gonna go Florida too. <laughs> no, no. The reason why is because I remember. You know, seeing that game too, I don't remember exactly why I was watching a hockey game, but I remember it being on, I guess, in our apartment and seeing the Florida game and seeing them win in overtime against uh, Boston, who everybody thought was going to be this great team that was going to win it all. So I guess I got to go with the Florida team because I got to root for the underdogs, baby, in seven in overtime. I think they're going to win this. Oh, wow. Do I make it a four for four? You're damn right I do. <laughs> I thought going into this play, uh, going into this cup final, I thought Florida is on a roll. They've looked like the best team in the playoffs. And despite the game one loss, I'm keeping the faith. I think Florida will come back. And I think you're right, Jake and Justin. I think this will be a seven-game series. I think it's going to go down to the wire. But I am going with the Florida Panthers to win their first ever Stanley Cup in seven games this year. Roll Panthers. I mean, hey. Roll Panthers. When Wendy's four for four. You can sponsor us if you want. That'll do it for this week's episode of the Lunch Hour Sports Podcast. Thank you all for listening. For future episodes, you can check out our channel on Spotify and our channel on YouTube. Once again, for all of us, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.